right? Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about myself and the background of the podcast, and then I'll ask you some questions about your background, and then um, we'll get more into what you think of the industry itself. So awesome. um, I'm actually uh, I'm going into my senior year at Lebanon Trail High School, and um, since about eighth grade, I've had this idea to build a product to kind of help the visually impaired. And um, I decided that I, I do need to do market research. And I was like, what's the best way to find um, pain points within the industry? And I thought that if I talk to doctors and I understand what they do and the problems they face daily, then I'd have a better idea of the industry itself. So that's the main reason I started this podcast. Awesome. So um, the first question, um, kind of just your background, could you go ahead and explain your job title, uh, what you specialize in, the number of years you've been in your profession, and how you got into the field? Um, let's see. Uh, so the way I got into the field was I was a technician and an optician when I was in high school. Um, that was my first job. Um, and so I kind of enjoyed what I was doing there, and I always wanted to be in the medical field. So I kind of just continued that route with schooling. Um, I am an optometrist, and I have been an optometrist for nine, yeah, nine years now. Um, I graduated from optometry school in 2013. I went to Rosenberg School of Optometry, which is a four-year program. And then I did my bachelor's degree before that at Loyola University in Chicago. Um, that's also four years as well. Okay. And so, um, I mean, you've been in the industry for almost a decade. So how how quickly would you say the industry and your field is growing? And um, what would you say the m most major changes are? Um, so just recently in September, um, Texas law, we've been lobbying for the rights to prescribe certain medications. Before we had a limited amount of prescription rights and um, just as of September of 2021, we have full prescribing rights, um, which is a huge thing for us because we haven't had that until just recently. Before we were limited to, to prescribe prescribing medications a certain amount of days. Some prescriptions we weren't able to prescribe, so we'd have to refer them out to either the primary care doctor to have them prescribe that medication or refer them to an ophthalmologist to have it prescribed. So that's a pretty big step forward for us. Um, our profession is growing. We are currently lobbying to do a couple more things in respects to lasers and the use of lasers and, and uh, being able to do that. So growing really, really quickly, which is very beneficial for our profession. Okay. Yeah. So um, so it kind of changed from you guys being limited to um, only being able to prescribe a certain uh, variety of, uh, let's say, drugs or services to um, being able to prescribe almost anything and also yes. to any uh, period of time. That's correct. In relation to the eye. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how like 
how does that help you more than uh from before because i mean yeah i understand you were limited but um wouldn't you just be able to as you said you would have to tell someone else to prescribe um the medication so wouldn't it be the same thing how how is it changing um what you do rather than having to refer the patient out to another provider we can take care of our patients without having to take that additional step to refer okay so it's just more, more it's more efficient yeah it's more efficient keeps the patient in house prevents the patient from having to go elsewhere treatment gets initiated a lot faster this way yeah i i was talking to um i don't know if you know dr albert pang and oh yeah he mentioned yeah he mentioned that um a lot of the problems he had was with um the private um private insurance and how um payments weren't being sent out on time and there were certain medic- medications they wouldn't support so um do you also have issues on that side as well we do uh it's something called prior authorizations where the 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 doctors would have to do something called a prior authorization before the patient can get the medication um, and so that's kind of a pain in the backside with insurance companies making kind of dictating what medications the patient should start off with and what the patient really needs. Um, and so it's kind of a, a pain in the backside to, to go through those insurance companies to get the prescription that the patient needs. Um, one of the things that you, um, we kind of have to have our, pres- how we prescribe things in a certain way because Sometimes insurance companies will first make us put patients on generics before going to name brands, and if the generics don't work, then we go to name brands. And for some medications, the name brand is just better and works more. It works better for patients. Okay, okay, yeah. So going off of that, he also told me that um, because of this, people are not aware of all the products that you guys have to offer, and so. Um, what he was telling me is that if there was kind of a large scale information platform to inform um like patients about certain products that could help them, that would be really beneficial not only to him but the whole industry. What do you think about that yeah that's a that's a good a good uh it would be a good stepping stone to kind of get in patient educated about the different medications um one of the things is cost cost is a big issue for patients as well. Um, these medications that are coming out are just so costly and it prevents the patient from getting that medication. And, you know, some patients can't afford that really expensive medication. So they're kind of limited to what, what they can get prescribed. Yeah. Okay. And would you say this cost is because um, they're being upmarked from the, uh, the manufacturer themselves or it's just, it is that it is the manufacturer themselves as well as one of the reasons why medications cost so much in the United States is because the FDA requires so much uh, research to be able to get approved, and you know that uh, that research that's needed to get the medication approved for um, for use in the public is is expensive, and so that's why the medication is you know is marked up so much. Um, yeah. And you know they have patents and all that kind of stuff that they have to do to make sure nobody copies their medication, and that's also costly. So, unfortunately, it's that's what makes the medications just so much more expensive um, when they first come out. Yeah, 
Yeah, I understand that. But um, in a way, it's also good that it's heavily regulated, wouldn't you say? Because Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. Because we want to make sure we have the safest uh, products for, the, for our patients. Exactly, yeah. So um, moving on, what do you what do you find unique about your career field, and why did you choose to uh, pursue optometry? Uh, one of the things that I the reason I chose it was is I I loved being in the field, um, and just the helping patients see and be able to see to their fullest potential. Um, I actually work in a unique type of setting. I don't really do glasses or contact lenses. I work at an uh, ophthalmology practice where we do cataract surgery and LASIK. Um, and so we get to offer patients that ability to see um, after they've had cataract surgery. Um, so that's kind of unique to what I do as an optometrist um, is I work in that type of setting rather than just general optometry. Yeah. So what I understood from speaking to other optometrists as well is that um, to go into this field, you genuinely need to be passionate about what you're doing, and then you have to commit to it as well. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I saw you served at um, Tyndale Air Force Base in Panama City. Which I did. I did a, a part of my um, externships in your fourth year of optometry school. They We do externships, and my externships were at Tyndale Air Force Base, working with the Air Force. I did one at the VA hospital in uh, Peoria, Illinois, and then I did a, a community clinic in San Antonio. Um, and different experiences, which was great. I got to work with military personnel at Tyndale Air Force Base at the VA. got to see a lot of ocular disease with the elderly veterans population at the community clinic. got to see you know a lot of disease in the low-income aspect of uh, of our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so what do you think the biggest lessons from uh, those two experiences were? Um, patient encounters, just learning um, different types of patients that you see, uh, disease management, just to kind of learn how to properly diagnose and treat uh, patients. Okay. All right. And um well let's move on then. Uh what do you what do you say some of the most significant characteristics of this field are? I mean we define that um you need to be passionate, but uh what do you think some of the hard skills as well as soft skills would be? Um I feel like one of the hard skills is working with legislation to be able to practice to our fullest ability. Um, This new um, bill that was just recently passed in Texas, we've been working on for almost 25 years, and I feel like 25 years of working that hard to be able to use the education that you've already provided is one of the the hardships that we have to kind of go through. Um, So that's one, one... one big thing that I would say is just working with legislation to, to be able to use our education to its fullest potential. Um, yeah. And then soft scale, as we were saying before, just getting the best treatments for the patient is always available due to insurance companies. 
Um, insurance companies is probably another. Actually, I wouldn't say soft. That'd be a hard one as well. Um, working with insurance companies, they are constantly decreasing our payments on how you know how we treat things. They are trying to. I mean, they're trying to save money by getting their patients not the best care. And our goal is to get our patients the best care. And sometimes we're limited to that because of how insurance company dictates what we treat and how we treat it. Okay. And is there any way you can battle that? Uh, legislation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which okay. is the second hardship is working with legislators and, and legislation to be able to get that, you know, to get more impact on how we can treat patients through the different insurance companies. Okay. So basically the main goal with legislation is, um, kind of giving the optometrist more control with what they can do with the patient. That's correct. And how to treat the patient. Okay. All right. Well, um, those are all of my questions. Do you have any questions for me? Um, no, I think that's it. I think, uh, that was a, a good conversation. Sounds great. Thank you so much for um, getting up at or getting on on July 4th. Thank you. Of course, of course. If you have any other questions, feel free to give me a call. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Uh, have a great day. You too.